Hey, welcome to church today. Uh, I just wanna preface this before I get into it. Um, if, if you don't believe any of this that we're talking about or singing about, uh, you still belong here. Uh, and we'd love to have you every week and, and, and we'll try our very best to treat you uh, like family here because that's what we are. We're just one giant family. Uh, is that okay? Is that okay if we just hug on you a little bit and love you? Hey, so before I get into it, I got a couple things. If you're a high school or a middle school student, you need to sign up for camp. Uh, there's 100 spots left, I think, maybe like 80. Uh, they're filling up fast. Uh, you need to be there if you're a high school, middle school student. It will change your life, I promise you. And if it doesn't do anything for you, you hate it. Pastor PJ will give you back your money and 10% of what you paid. So just, that's what we said. PJ Canterbury at churchdesign.com. Also, if you're a young adult or a college student, I'd love to have you on Tuesday nights. We have an incredible uh, ministry called The Av just for you. Shout out to my Av people all over the building. Come on, that's awesome. Hey, do you have a Bible today? Okay, cool. If you have a Bible, open up Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter eight. Uh, Lord, I pray for the translators right now uh, as they try to translate as I preach like a machine gun. Matthew eight. So this past Friday night, we got to do something really cool. Uh, Dr. Phillips High School allowed us to use their auditorium for free of charge. And we held a service on a public school campus this Friday night. Yeah, come on, that's awesome, yeah. And we saw Jesus show up and move and it was mighty and it was powerful. We had a worship, our mixed worship team and my wife was there, Pastor PJ spoke and and uh, we had several give their life to Jesus that night. And it was just a powerful, powerful, powerful night. Uh, and it's crazy how God works uh, because we had agreed to do this two or three months ago. And most of you know that Friday morning is when a lot of us saw the news of what happened in Texas, the, the terrible tragedy and shooting. Um, and all of a sudden, it happens to be the very same day that we're in a public school declaring the name of Jesus. And, and I don't know why things happen. Look, I'm not gonna get up here and say, oh, that happened because of this. I do know that Jesus said these words on the cross. He said, it is finished. But then as I was praying this weekend, I heard him tell me this. I know I said, it is finished, but I'm not finished. He's not finished. He, he's not done. This isn't the last chapter of the book and we're not gonna live uh, in this awful world of tragedy forever. He's not finished. And I don't know if you've come into this place looking for God to do something in your life, or maybe you've walked in here today saying, I don't even believe in this stuff, or maybe you're like, I'm good, I've got it all together. I wanna encourage you, today is your day to see Jesus and him continue to work in your life. I believe that, I really believe that. And so Matthew chapter eight, Matthew chapter eight, and uh, we're gonna start in verse five. And then we're gonna just see what happens. That's how I like to preach. Pastor has these detailed notes and like a yellow pad and it's awesome. I just open up my Bible and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> Somebody said I like that. Come on, that's my kind of people. Verse five, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Verse seven, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. 
But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Sounds like me and my wife's relationship. She tells me what to do. She's here, so I have to say it like that. (laughs) When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, turning to those who were following him. He said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. This is a a powerful story. Uh, And if you grew up in church, there's a a good chance you may have heard this story a few times before. Uh, This is probably one of the top five favorite stories uh, in the Bible. This is one of the favorite, one of my favorite moments where Jesus shows up and he does something absolutely incredible. But I love the very first verse. It says that a Roman officer came and began to plead with Jesus. Can, Can I just tell you some good news today? That you and I, as people living here on earth, we have access to Jesus. You have access to Jesus. Not, it's not me, it's not a guy with a microphone, it's not the pastor who has access to Jesus. All of us have access to Jesus. All of us have the ability to come before him and to begin to plead on our behalf or somebody else's behalf. Man, this is phenomenal news that I don't have to show up to a church and hope that the pastor's there so he can go talk to Jesus for me and hopefully he hears something and come back to me and tell me what Jesus says to me and then I go home and tell him. It doesn't have to work like that. It's actually not supposed to work like that. I love it because I get to show up on a place on a Sunday called Church in the Sun where I know Jesus shows up every Sunday and I get to access him. And I get to access the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I get to go to the one and touch the one who could heal my body. I don't need a preacher to put some fancy oil on me and to say a special prayer. I can run to him and touch the hem of his garment and see healing take place in my body. That's awesome. And there's this Roman officer who comes to Jesus and the Bible says that he's pleading to Jesus. Now, pleading is a very interesting word. If you look it up in, in our definition, that would be, uh, it would say something like this, an emotional appeal. Anybody ever get emotional before? Yeah. Any dads in here ever get emotional when your son or your daughter doesn't do the right thing? My dad did all the time. Any moms in here? Come on, moms. Yeah, my mom was very emotional. The Bible says that he's, he's making this emotional plea to Jesus. It's not just, hey, Jesus, like, I've got a servant. He's kind of sick. Like, Jesus, I need you. And, and he's emotional about it in this moment. And, and, and I think it's important for us to see this in this story. Can I tell you something? It's okay that when you go to Jesus that you're emotional about what you need from him. As a matter of fact, I think it's healthy to run to Jesus in your emotion instead of leaving it at home or leaving it to the side. I think it's okay to show up to church and during worship and get emotional when you're getting a touch from him. Because I think that we need to release our emotions before Jesus so that our circumstance and our situation doesn't wreck them later on. I think that we should release them before him. Jesus, I need you, oh my gosh. Then that way when we go to work and our boss says something, it won't wreck us and ruin our day. 
When, when we don't see the thing that we wanna see yet, I've already released my emotions. I've already been pleading on the one who can do it for me, so I'm good. I don't have to be emotional and snap at everybody. I don't need to have a bad day because I'm not feeling it. It's okay to get access to Jesus and just be like, Jesus, I'm a mess right now. And this Roman officer comes to Jesus and he's pleading. He's pleading. He's having an emotional appeal to Jesus. And he says, my young servant lives in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. I don't know about you, but I've been in moments where I need God to do something that only him can do it. Like I've been in lots of moments where I'm like, God, I don't know how it's gonna work. I don't know what's gonna happen, but if you don't show up and do something, it's not getting fixed. And this Roman officer is in this exact same situation. He doesn't know what else to do, so he runs to Jesus and he appeals to him. He pleads, please Jesus, do something. And I love what Jesus does. Jesus does probably one of the greatest things, and it's in verse seven. The Bible says this, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Would you, would you highlight that word, those two words Jesus said? Jesus said, just highlight those words. You don't have to repeat it. Just highlight those words in your Bible. Jesus said, Jesus said, he said, I'll come and heal him. You would think that if this guy, this Roman officer came and had this huge emotional appeal to Jesus about his sick servant who's paralyzed and is laying in bed, you would think that Jesus would immediately react with an action, right? Like I know that like that's what I, like if my wife needs something, like I've learned like over the years, like I've been married almost six years, it'll be six years this year. Like when my wife is emotionally appealing, pleading for me to do something for her, like I get up and I do it. I don't say, hey babe, you know, let me explain the situation I'm in. The Florida Gators are about to dominate Florida State, right? Like I don't do that, I just act. Like I just do it. And part of the reason I do it, because I love her, but because her pleading is so good, it's like, oh man, like, ah, oh, it's kind of breaking my heart. Okay, I'll come open the jar because I'm the only one. I'm Superman in my house. I'll do it. Bam. <laughs> you, you would think, like, if, if God is so good, wouldn't he immediately after he hears this, oh my God, where's he at? Let's go touch him. Let's lay hands on him. Let's heal him. But the Bible says that Jesus said, Jesus said, and I believe that there's people in this room that you find yourself in a situation even right now that the only way out is if God shows up and does something. I believe that there's hundreds of people in here. And if you don't find yourself now, you will eventually. And Jesus said, did you know this? And this is what's incredible about God, is oftentimes God starts speaking before he starts working. You ever see that? Like God often starts speaking before he starts working. Like, you know, Jesus with his disciples, he prepared them like, hey, I'm gonna die. Like, hey, I'm gonna die. Hey, I'm gonna die. And then what did he do? He died. He did. We see this too in the story of Lazarus. We see this story of Lazarus. Mary and Martha come, oh my gosh, our brother Lazarus, he's dead. You love him, he's awesome. And Jesus goes, his death, his sickness will not end in death. He's only asleep. What? And then Jesus waits around for two to three days before he actually starts working. A lot of times, God will always start speaking before he starts working. And that's why he's so good. And you're like, that makes no sense. It doesn't make sense until I explain it like this. Jesus speaks to this Roman officer. He starts speaking to him before he starts working in his situation. 
A lot of times God will give us his word before we ever see his works manifest. Why does God do this? Why, why is this so important? Why does God do this? Because God works on a different timing than you and I do. God works outside of our timing. And so when we're pleading for God to show up in our situation, God, we need you. What he starts doing is to start speaking instead of start working because he is outside of our time. He'll start working on his timing. And sometimes I can't stand that. That's frustrating, but that's what makes him so good. That he starts speaking before he starts working. And God does this because he works on his own timing. And the reason he starts speaking before he starts working is because he will give you a word to hold on to in the gap between your miracle manifesting. He'll give you something that you can anchor in before you see it worked out. I like to call it like this. God will give you meantime medicine. He'll give you some of his words, what he's saying before he starts working because he, he knows you need it so you can hold on to something before you ever see that miracle work out. You're like, I want that. That's why we have the word of God. That's why it's important that we open this thing up and that's why we allow him to start speaking to us because you gotta understand he'll start speaking before he starts working and he gives us this word so that we can hold on to this in the meantime when we don't see the miracle yet. I can hold on to the promises of God and say, God, your word said it and I know you're a man that you should not lie. And so, so we have our miracle over here and then we're over here, and in between there's this meantime, there's this gap space. There's this space where God's gonna work when we get there. And what gets us from here to there to the place that God wants us to be before he starts working is his word. And his word, God, you said it, I know it's coming to pass. I got your word, it's hidden in my heart. Because when we get his word, when he starts speaking to us, we get his word in us, it won't allow us to look back. What it will do is, is actually, it won't allow us to get frustrated with God, but it will build our faith in him. I think we get frustrated like, God, he ain't working. This, this is dumb. This whole Christian thing, this following Jesus, this is absolutely stupid and it's awful and I hate it. But you've got to understand, he starts speaking before he starts working and he wants to speak to you through his word. He wants to give you some words. He wants to give you some promises, something to hold on to because that will build your faith. But if you're without his word, you get frustrated with God. And when you start getting frustrated with God, you will begin to lose your faith and trust in him. And you'll stop turning to him. You see, you gotta understand this about God. Is, is, is God so good that he wants you to run to him for him? Not for a thing. So a lot of times he starts speaking before he starts working to see, are you gonna just trust me in the words that I've spoken to you? And with this Roman officer, all he did was, let's say, hey, I will come and heal him in verse seven. He starts speaking to him. But I love before this verse, we see something that the Roman officer does that's absolutely powerful. If you turn your attention to verse six, the Roman officer says this to Jesus, Lord, Lord. 
When we're in that moment where we're like, God, I need you to work and you're not working yet, but I need you to work in this situation. When you're in this place where you need God to move, you gotta recognize who he is. This Roman soldier said, you're Lord. I recognize who you are. We gotta recognize his character so that when we're in the meantime before we see God working, if we have his word and him speaking to us, what his word does is it reveals his character to us. And we start remembering who he is. Like, oh, wait a minute. You're, you're the same, oh, I know who you are. And in that meantime, before we see our miracle take place, before we see God show up and work in our situation, we've got to recognize who he even is and his character. And this Roman officer recognized who Jesus was. We have to remember these things in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. says this, God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. We gotta remember he's faithful. We gotta remember that he's faithful. So when I'm waiting here and I need God to start working, he starts speaking to me. And what he starts speaking to me are the promises he has for me, but he's also revealing himself to me because remember, he is the word. So when I get the word, I'm getting him and I start seeing who he really is. And I start seeing the character that, wait a minute, you are faithful. Maybe it's not the right time for, for you to come and do the miracle I need you. Maybe you've got a better timing and I'm gonna trust that you are faithful like your word says you are. It also says in Psalms 86, 15, but you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I've got to remember, God, you're a God of compassion and mercy. Even though it feels like this meantime is torture, you're a God that is full of compassion and mercy that you feel your heart beats for me, that even though I'm in this meantime where I'm not seeing my miracle yet and I'm not seeing you work yet, I know that you feel for me, that you care for me, that my feelings matter to you, God, that I'm not forgotten, that I'm not left out. Do we recognize this in this moment? Do we recognize, before we ever see God working, do we recognize who he is? And I love this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight, it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God works on his timing. He hasn't worked in the situation yet, but I can hold on to the thing that he's been speaking. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he could heal back then, I think he could probably do it today. If he could raise somebody who was lost and, and dead for, far away from you, he could do it today. Lord, I believe that you can bring the prodigal. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so before I ever see God working, I hold on to what he's speaking because that anchors me. It anchors me. I feel almost even protected and safe in the midst of the storm because I'm holding on to what he's speaking because I recognize who he is and I know that God's always speaking before he starts working. So I've got to, I've got to do a good job now of listening. I've got to now work on me opening my own ears to hear what he has to say. I've gotta get around people that hear from God. I've actually gotta open up his word and get a word for myself, because without it, 
I might give up in the meantime. This is your meantime medicine right here. Your meantime medicine. Before you see him working, he's always speaking. And you can hold on to this thing, and this can be your rock, your anchor. It can steer your ship the right way. He's always speaking before he starts working. This is your meantime medicine, that meantime where you're here and the miracle's over there and you're in this gap. This is what will medicate you through that gap. This right here will medicate you through that gap. That's why it's important. You need to show up on Sundays. You need to show up on Sundays. Your kids need to be in the mix. Your kids need to be in kids and son if they're that age. You need to bring your family to church. Why? Because this is a part of the meantime medicine, coming and getting a word from God and experiencing him. So this Roman officer coming and he's pleading before Jesus and, and Jesus said, I will come and heal him. I will come and heal him. Man, not what I would have wanted to hear if I was the Roman officer. But I love in verses eight and nine, love it. Because the Roman officer wasn't like me. But the Roman officer, the Bible says this, but the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Man, this Roman officer understood this about Jesus. He recognized who Jesus was, but he also understood the authority that Jesus had. And this is where I wanna land everything today. If you need God to move, understanding this last thing, the authority that he has. Matthew 28, uh, verse 18, Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. This is fascinating to me in this part that the Roman officer understood this, that he didn't need Jesus to physically show up in his situation for something to happen. He understood Jesus, I don't even need you to show up at my house, put your hands on my servant. I, I don't even need that. Jesus, I understand the authority that you carry. This is fascinating to me. Because even my own self, I, I've even preached it this way. I've even lived a lot of my life this way and God's been wrecking me with this, uh, I guess, truth. Mark, you, you don't, understand the authority that I have. You understand my presence, but you don't always understand my authority. 
I understand that when the presence of God comes in, it's like, oh my gosh, anything can happen. This is wild. Miracles are about to happen because the presence of God is here. But I have lacked understanding of the authority. And I think that there are things in my life that have not been released and unlocked in my life because I haven't understand this authority thing that Jesus has. And this Roman officer, he understands this authority thing. He gets it. He gets it. You see, what he understood is this, that he doesn't need Jesus to show up, but he understood that all he needed to do was submit his situation to Jesus, not get him to show up. Wait a minute, this changes my prayer life. This changes how I worship. This changes how I show up to church. This changes how I'm a husband. This changes how I'm a Christ father. This changes how I pastor people. This changes everything. Understanding the authority of Jesus, it changes everything. Because you and I have to understand that we don't always need him to show up. But what we do need to do is submit that situation to him. I wanna show you something. He understood this. I, I, Jesus, I don't need you to come home. I just need to submit my situation to you and you'll do something about it. This is huge. Jesus, I don't need you to just show up in my room right now to fix everything. I just need to submit my situation to you. Because when you submit your situation to him, it's now able to come under his authority. You get God's government over your situation when you submit it to him. Oh, God, I want you to rule and reign in all of my life, and I want your government, and I want your authority and your lordship to be in my life. But we, so many times, like, Jesus, just show up, just show up. And he's like, I just want you to submit it under my authority. Just submit it to me, and that's all I need because I have all authority. And see, this Roman officer understood, I don't need him to show up. I just need to submit my situation to him. And it comes under his authority. And when it's under the authority of Christ, he has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. You give him the power to move. This is life-changing. I, I wanna like do a praise break and like, this is so powerful. I, I, all I have to do, I don't have to go into my prayer closet and sit in my knees and say, Jesus, show up. I can say, Jesus, here it is. And can I tell you something? Jesus says this. He said what this man did was the greatest expression of faith. And that's the only time Jesus ever said that. Doing this in our situation expresses more faith to Jesus than anything that we can do. Saying, Jesus, check this. You submitting it to Jesus and saying, Jesus, your authority is great, is showing how much you really trust him. Because guess what I can do? I could go in my prayer closet, Jesus, come on, fix my, ah, do it, fix my finance, I need you so I'm, ah! I could do that. And then watch, because God's so good, God will move. But check this. Deep in my spirit, I could take credit for that because I worked for that. 
But when I say, Jesus, I don't know what to do, but I submit this situation to you. And I know you'll work. I can't take credit for that. And he gets all the glory. He gets all the honor for that. And I could say, I didn't spend 75 million hours beating my head against the prayer closet wall. No, no, no. He did it because he's got the authority. What situation are you in right now that you need to submit under his authority? What, what have you gotten yourself into? What relationship, what marriage do you, is there, there might even be someone here today, you need to submit your marriage under his authority. Because his government, God's government can have rule and reign only to the things that you submit because he is not a dictator. He will not dictate your life. If you don't want him in, he'll stay out. But I wanna encourage you, if you let him in, you're opening the floodgates of heaven. And when he shows up, he may not work tomorrow, but remember, you can hold on to the word that says, I know that he's gonna work because I know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when you're in that meantime and you submit this thing to God and you're like, God, I've submitted to you, I'm waiting for you, you can hold on to the word until you start seeing him working and you can know that he has the authority man he's that good he's that good the Roman officers are like Jesus I, I, you could do it just say it there's power in the name of Jesus he has power he has power and I think sometimes we we cripple his power by holding on to things that we need to submit to him and put under his authority. Just in case you didn't know, Jesus is the king of kings. He is the highest authority. He is the highest authority. And his badge that says he's the highest authority was the cross on Calvary. That's the badge that he wears proudly. The scars in his hands are his badge to say, I have all authority. Jesus has authority, but we have to submit our situation to his authority. We have to give it to him. And when we give it to him, when we submit it to him, his authority now can come and rule and reign. And this is so like amazing about him. Because in that meantime, I'm waiting for God to move. And every day God's speaking. Every day God's speaking. Hey, I haven't forgot about your son. I haven't forgot about your daughter. If you submitted that to my authority, I'm gonna give you a word on the daily to keep you going. I'm gonna give you some meantime medicine. Sometimes you need some night quilt to sleep. I'm gonna give you something to rest. I, I know your husband, I know you found text messages, and I know you found things on his social media, but if you submit it to me and my authority, I'm gonna start working. Now, it's not gonna be on my timing, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start speaking to you. That's how good God is. You, you trade your situation, and he gives you his word. So you give him, and you submit the situation to him, and he starts speaking to you every day. He doesn't always speak things you wanna hear. Sometimes he speaks things to change your character, but he'll start speaking to you, and you'll be reminded of who he is, and that will remind you not to give up because he's gonna work, because he says he's gonna work, he's gonna work, and you've submitted it to his authority. And so now your prayer life goes from God, come on, to Jesus, I worship you, I praise you, and when you start praising him, he starts inhabiting you and where you are. Jesus says, you lift my name up, I will draw all men to me. 
And what if we, as followers of Jesus, instead of beating our fist and, and pounding our heads against the door about how crazy our world is and our life is and our marriages and our relationships and our kids and everything in our life and our finances and everything just, is just falling apart. What, what if we lived a life where we just, I, I submitted to his authority so now I spend the rest of my days hearing from him and worshiping him. I spend my days in rest, not in worry. I spend my days in praise and not in anxiety. I spend my moments sleeping at night because I'm supposed to be sleeping. I can trust the authority that's taking care of my situation. He's got it under his control. The devil is under his feet. It changes the way I live and so I'm like preaching to myself today because I, 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 never, I never recognized for all my years, like, man, God, you have so much authority. God, maybe I don't always need you just to show up. Maybe I just need to submit it to you. You know what's so cool is every once in a while he'll show up just to prove that he's still there. You know that? He'll just show up in, in your cousin's dreams and they'll give their life to Jesus. He'll just show up at your husband's work who you've been praying for. And he'll just show up. He'll just grace us with his presence because he's that good. But what if we lived a life like this Roman officer where we submitted these situations, these things that we need from God under his authority? Say, God, you take care of it. I'm, I'm done worrying about this. I'm done. Could you imagine if, if we went to work like this and you're just like, hey, like every day at work? Right? Could you imagine doing that every day at work and people are like, why are you always so full of life? Why not? I've got a great life. No, you don't. They just repoed your car. Your kids are on drugs. What are you talking about? You have a great life. No, no, no. I gave it to, to the guy that's in charge. He'll take care of it eventually. Wait, wait, wait. And then the world starts taking notice. Well, I want what you have. Because I thought church was dry, dead, and religion where you had to look like you're constipated to get God to move. I didn't know. I, I didn't know it could work like this. Yeah, you, you, want, you want the Jesus that I have? Because he's the author and finisher of our faith. He has all authority. You want that Jesus? Because when you have that Jesus, you can submit things to him and you could just live a great life. Now, does that mean life's not gonna be hard? Man, life's gonna be really hard. Was this guy's life hard? Absolutely. His servant's dying, paralyzed in the bed. But he submitted to his authority and said, all right, God, I trust you. I give it to you. And I want you to catch this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said this. I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. I don't want to be the one that he turns to to say, I haven't seen faith like this. He says that he was turning to the people that followed him, Christians, people that followed the way of Jesus. And he turned to them to say, this guy has more faith than you've ever had. Lord, let me not be the following that are like, Lord, come on, do something. Let me be the Roman officer who understands your authority. But can I be honest? As a pastor's kid, a church kid, I would have been the one following Jesus and I would have been the one in this story that he would have turned to and said, hey, you don't even have faith like this guy does. I don't wanna be that guy. 
I don't want to live my life. I don't want to get there. And when they make the Hall of Fame of Faith speeches, I want to be given one. When they hang up a rafter or jersey in the heavens rafters of who had the greatest faith, I want number 50 with Garner on the back up there because I want to be like the Roman officer who had faith that Jesus had never seen before. And it wasn't because he was crying and wailing. And we, it's because he said, Jesus, I'm going to submit my situation under your authority. I give it to you. And then the Bible says, in verse 13, then Jesus said to the Roman officer, there he goes talking again. There he goes talking again. Jesus is always speaking, but he starts working. Then he said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. He wants to work. He wants to work. But will you give him something to work with? He wants to show up. He really does. But more importantly, he doesn't want to just show up, but he wants to change. He wants to fix. He wants to heal, restore, deliver. He wants to rescue. Jesus really does want to see your life and everybody else's life turned upside down. Jesus really does care about your situation. It really does matter to him. And maybe you're not seeing him work right now. But man, he wants to speak to you or remind you of who he is and the promises he has for you. And in the meantime, he wants to give you a little bit of his word so that you'll keep going. And all we have to do is say, Jesus, this thing, I don't know what to do about it. I submit it to you. Jesus, I give this thing to you. Jesus, I don't know. My father-in-law, my wife's dad, Jesus, I, I give that to you. My grandparents and cousins that aren't serving you, Jesus, I give that to you. Man, he has the authority. But his authority can only be displayed in things that come underneath it. Things that you submit to him, that you say, you know what, Jesus, you can have authority in this. I give it to you. I give it to you. I give it to you. Would you stand across this place and just close your eyes? The worship team, they're gonna, they're gonna sing a song. And here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna pray for, for two different people today. Here's what I wanna do. If you're in this room 
and you're in here today and you're not following Jesus, you're not serving him, you're not following him, and today you need to give your life to Jesus and you need him for, to forgive you of your sin and you need a brand new start on your life and you need him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. If that's you today, say, I'm here and I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm not serving him, I'm not living for him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. Come on, I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand. Just raise your hand. I saw a few hands in here. Here's what I'm gonna ask. So the worship team begins to play this worship song. If you need to give your life to Jesus, you're not serving, you're not living him. If you raised your hand or you didn't, as the worship team plays, would you come stand at this front altar? I wanna say a prayer for you. Come on, would you just make your way at this front altar? I wanna pray for you. So if you came up front, we're going to say a prayer. Uh, we're not a religious thing here. So this prayer, unless you put your faith and trust in Jesus, has no value, no meaning. So we're going to say a prayer. And if you're in your seat, would you also repeat this prayer to encourage the people up here up front? And this prayer that we're going to pray, I'm going to have you repeat it after me. And this prayer is just declaring who Jesus is in accordance to who you are and what you commit to doing now. And this prayer is gonna tell him that you're receiving him into your life, okay? So if you're in this room, whether you're up front or in your seat, would you repeat this prayer? Say this, say, Jesus, today I commit my life to you. Forgive me of all of my sin. I believe you died on the cross and you're alive today. Today, Jesus, I declare you're my Lord and my Savior, and I live only for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Pastor Dave is gonna take you over to the side. Come on, that's awesome. Don't anybody leave yet. Don't anybody leave yet. I feel impressed to pray. If you're in this room today and you have a situation that you need to submit to God. You have a situation, you're like, I need to submit it to God and put it under his authority. If that's you, the worship team, they're gonna start playing again. They're gonna sing this song. We have a few more moments, but if you need to, I wanna invite you to come to this altar. 
If you're like, I have a situation, I need to submit to God under his authority. I want you to find your way out of your seat and stand at this altar. And I wanna pray, we're gonna pray over you. And we're gonna see that Jesus is beginning to enter into situations and he's gonna start moving. And so if that's you, would you find a place at this altar as the worship team begins to play? pray for some specific situations in need. If you're in here and you need to submit under the authority, a son or a daughter that's not following Jesus, just lift your hand. You say, I need to submit that to him, a son or a daughter that's not following Jesus. Come on, we're going to pray that that comes under the authority right now. Lord Jesus, I call back every prodigal son and daughter. Lord, I pray for every son and daughter that's not serving you. But Lord, I lift up the moms and the dads that just like the Roman officer, he came to Jesus on the behalf of somebody else. Lord, I pray for these moms and these dads that are coming to you right now in this moment on the behalf of somebody else, God, their son or daughter. Lord, we call them back to you. Lord, we pray that your strength and encouragement will, will, will begin to come into the the hearts of every mom and dad. Lord, we speak encouragement, every uh, mom that has a broken heart because of this situation. Lord, we pray that your words would be healing medicine to their heart. Lord, we, we come against the lies of the enemy that says it's too far gone. You did such a terrible job raising them. Lord, we come against those lies, Lord, and we break those thoughts in the name of Jesus. I wanna pray for those that you have a marriage, something in your marriage. You need to submit something into your marriage. You can just lift up your hands so I know who I'm praying for. Your marriage, you're like, I need to, man, I need to submit that to his authority. Marriage, yeah. Lord, we pray right now for all marriages. Lord, we speak that you would move 
in all marriages. Lord, we pray that you would repair, God, the brokenness in marriages. Lord, we speak love, God, and intimacy in every marriage. Lord, we submit it under your authority. All marriages, God, in this church. Lord, we speak it under your authority. We put it under there. We submit it, God, and we ask that, that you would do what you want to do. Lord, we trust you in your timing. Lord, I pray for that husband that's far from you. Lord, I pray, God, for that wife that's been interceding and crying out to you for him. Lord, I pray that you give her strength. Lord, I pray that she would not be weak and she would not give up. But Lord, I pray, God, that you would move in that situation. In Jesus' name. There's somebody in here, and I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for this really specific, but you have family or a close friend in Puerto Rico, and they uh, have been, obviously they've been devastated, but this weighs on your heart. This weighs on your heart. This family, this friend that's in Puerto Rico, and, and it's been weighing heavy, and you almost feel like God doesn't even care about you, and he's using this moment to say, I care, and it's gonna be okay. And so I don't know who that person is, but Lord, I pray for them right now. Lord, I pray for that situation, Lord. I pray that they would trust you. Lord, I pray that in this moment they'd submit that situation to you, God. Lord, we thank you that your rule and your reign and your lordship is, is so powerful and so amazing. And Lord, I, I pray for every situation, Lord, every need that's in our house today. Lord, I pray that every single person would submit it under your authority. Lord, I pray that we would always be willing to give it to you, God. Lord, I pray that we would always be willing to release it to you. Lord, I pray that you would govern over every area of our life. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would have your way. Lord, we thank you that you are always good. Lord, we thank you that you're always speaking to us. And so, Lord, we ask that you continue to speak. Lord, open our ears and our hearts to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give it up for Jesus, how good he is? Come on, he's awesome.